Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest, Nick Anderson, is a veteran musician, content creator, and certified forklift driver. He has proven himself a road dog while honing his skills on and off stages nationwide. Not only are these accomplishments worthy of praise all by themselves, but he is also super cool and handsome and the funniest person I've ever met. These are my thoughts and opinions solely written down by me, and Nick in no way, shape, or form told me to say this. Nick, I'm so pumped to have you on this podcast, and that bio I wrote for you. You didn't write it all. Of course. Absolutely. So Nick, I met at the Crowfoot because his band was opening, and I was like, I told my boyfriend, I'm like, oh, I need to meet this man. Self-deprecating humor, a whole nine yards, and... I'm going to say it, but you were the best band that night. So, Oh, I appreciate that. Of course. But before we dive into the coolest shit things you do now, we're going to throw it back to childhood. If you feel comfortable, what was your childhood like? Would you want to be when you grew up? All that fun stuff. Yeah. So um, I grew up in a conservative religious family, Mm -hmm. um, which doesn't reflect on who I am now, but I guess it kind of does in a way. You know, blue collar, lower middle class, just uh, the typical... Midwestern family got into music at an early age, and then it kind of just has gone from there. Um, working day jobs and trying to balance the music and getting a set steady paycheck, so that was uh, always a challenge. Nice. And then, at what age did you really start? And I have to ask: Was there like a shining moment of oh, this certain band like really opened your eyes or because I have my favorite story of like when I listen to like rock and metal for the first time, I'm like, what is this sorcery? But do you have any type of story like that you can remember? Uh, I mean, I always grew up listening to whatever my parents had on the radio. So it could range anything from the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, top 40 um, to the Doors, Led Zeppelin, stuff like that. My dad uh, played a lot of country like David Allen Coe and Merle Haggard and stuff like that. So it didn't really find my own taste in music um, until I think it was Linkin Park on MTV. Nice. Um, I got home from school, wasn't allowed to watch it uh, with my upbringing (laughs) and everything, but it was TRL or something like that. And uh, yeah, for... My parents, you know, they had to vet a lot of music, but they didn't see a parental advisory sticker. So I knew I was in the clear and it was the first CD I bought with my own money. I remember that I was young. I don't know what grade I was in young for sure. And it was Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. Played it all the time. I think I probably had to buy another copy just (laughs) because the CD was worn out. But uh, I would always try to just do what they were doing in videos or performances, you know, air guitar, trying to copy the moves. And about, you know, 11 years old, I got a guitar for Christmas and it kind of just uh, sparked where I am now. That's awesome. Do you still have your CDs? Because I just transfer them from box to box, any house I move in, and I refuse to get rid of them. I'm like, I spent so much money and time and waiting when they would be released. And I don't think I'll ever get rid of them. I think they're somewhere in my mom's house. <laughs> yeah. Not 100% sure. Um, but I haven't had a car with a CD player in probably six years. Right. So I don't really use them anymore. So, oh, I don't use them. 
They are somewhere. No, my mom had called me and she's like, get your shit out of my house. Like all this stuff you have, you need to get rid of it. So it was like going back in time with all the CDs I had. Hell yeah. I feel that. So you got this guitar at 11 years old. When did you really start taking music more seriously? And I don't know if you've had the same band your whole career, but when did you kind of take this more seriously and being like, oh, this can actually be a thing? Y'all, that's actually probably the weirdest part of the story of the whole thing. Oh, let's do it. Yes. Going to like private school my whole life from kindergarten through high school and being a musician, there was a couple, a married couple at the church that wanted to do a praise band for like the youth. And so a few of my friends and I auditioned and we got in in like seventh grade. Wow. And ever since then, it was just playing church songs and stuff, you know, the stuff around our church. And it got back to us that we were actually kind of talented. So we started playing at other churches and other events and stuff like that. And eventually formed into us owning our own LCC at like, I don't know, 1920. Wow. And then uh, traveling across the country, own sound system, our own everything. We were just working together. So and this was all for churches you were traveling around for. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Best place you went to. I got to know. Oh, man. Um, We spent a couple days in San Diego before going down to Mexico. And I think San Diego is probably the like, well, La Jolla, but it's probably like the most beautiful area for sure florida was really fun um it rained a lot and i'm not a big fan of getting wet but that was cool other than being super super hot but that was also when the crazy flooding was happening and so like i-75 and like 696 and stuff were like flooded up into the overpasses so we kind of dodged that bullet so oh my god how were you getting i didn't know this was a thing and i went to catholic school up until high school so you're speaking my language private school babies here (laughs) but how were you getting booked was it just like word of mouth of like oh nick and his friend are really great or how'd that happen so our youth leader um who was married to the woman who put the band together was like hey i have like you know kid band you know like we'll play come play your youth group And we would do kind of stuff like that. And then it got to the point where we were playing during like the weekly chapel in high school to the point where we were leaving school to go play other schools, chapels and stuff like that. And it was just word of mouth, word of mouth. And then eventually we got booked on like youth gatherings. And then uh, from there, it's just all those churches that were there and all the kids that were pumped to see us kind of just wanted us to come play their church. So we're like, okay. Here you go. That is awesome. That is such a good story. That is a unique one. Do you still do this or are we away from the churches now? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. Okay. So we break off from the churches. We do our own thing. How do we decide that you were going to do your own thing? And how did you, I don't know. I feel like I would, it was kind of like starting my business. I'm like, I don't know what to do next, but you had the street cred and you had the experience already traveling. Yeah. I mean, the band that I'm in now is not this band. That I used to be in. We'd gone through a couple name changes, a couple rebrands. We stopped doing the church thing a few years back and we went under a new name and like a whole marketing, different approach and everything. And then uh, it was kind of great for me because when we were, oh man, I think we were maybe in Indiana somewhere. I like woke up for a morning worship event somewhere in Indiana and I realized that I don't believe in any of it and um, shortly after maybe about a year or two 
um, after we kind of branched out of the church and started doing like our own mainstream music and writing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess it kind of just happened naturally. Makes sense. uh, Which was perfect for me, I guess. And how did we come up with new band? And I have my Ardmore shirt on, too. Representing. Thank Thank you. you. It's beautiful. Very comfy. Appreciate it. True to size. Get it? Yeah, yeah. How did you come up with Ardmore and what was going through like the rebrand? Because I feel like a lot of people, I at least don't even know, like what goes into renaming a band? I mean, is it like a company rebrand is how I relate it to. But and I know you have the content background, too. So how did you come up with the name? What's it mean to all of you? Um, Ardmore is actually the street I grew up on uh, later half of my mm-hmm. life. And it's kind of where when I had, you know, growing up, you go through the highs and the lows. And it was one of those things that it was kind of always there that helped shape me. Um, whether I was close to my family at the time or not, or friends or not, I always had that street. And it was one of those things where I was like, this kind of sounds cool. I haven't seen it before. There's like Ardmore, Oklahoma, um, and their marching band. So fuck you. I'm the better Ardmore. <laughs> um, I'll fight all of you. I don't care. Come at them. But uh, I have, was like looking into it, and in Gaelic, it means uh, higher ground. Ooh. And so it was one of those things where it's like you got to keep your head above water. You got to just keep going. So it kind of fit. It's a good name, too. It's easy to remember because I couldn't tell you anyone else that was playing that night. And I remembered yours. So not that my memory serves anything or any purpose or any validity, but it's fine. No, it's a good <laughs> one. And I feel like when bands have like an easy name or one word, it's easy, easier to remember. Rolls off the tongue. Good to go. When it's one word and there's not a thousand different things when you Google it. Right. Uh, I mean, we're still on probably the second or third page regardless, but it's going to happen. Right. It will absolutely happen. Now, how did you find your bandmates? And something that I think I've told everyone and their mother, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself in the story, was it your guitar player, bass player had COVID and you had a friend fill in and I would have never known? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, you got to tell that story. The ADHD is kicking in hard right now, so I'm so sure, sorry. Sure, sure, sure. No, I, I, I totally get it. So number one, how did we find our bandmates? And then number two, talk about the Night of the Crowfoot and you having to find someone to fill in because I'm still. Yeah, for sure. So it's just years of being in the local scene is how I found my musician friends to play with me. My drummer, Robbie, probably one of the best drummers I know. I will go to combat for him (laughs) every time. Yes. He's a Berkeley College of Music. Wow. Student. So like he knows his shit. Yeah. We met through a mutual friend of ours, Frankie Mistrangelo, who is our guitar player. He's taking some time away. Um, He just had a a twins. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So he's the one who kind of uh, helped co-produce and record all of our EP with me. So they were naturally playing with me. And then, uh, yeah, we kind of gone through a few different bass players. Um, I never really had a set one um, until Andrew, but he was sick. And then luckily that night before, I think it was, Oh, man, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, we were throwing up on uh, Instagram and Facebook and texting everybody we knew, uh, like, hey, can you come play guitar or play bass? I'll play bass if I have to. And uh, luckily, our friend Kenny, um, who plays in a couple different bands, who's friends with Robbie, uh, stepped up and learned all our songs that night. So it was crazy. He literally learned them all that night. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm not that great of a musician and they're easy 
parts to learn. So your self-deprecating humor all the time. <laughs> I love it. It's just the fact. I mean, I'm not I'm good at what I know and that's it. Hey, it's good. It works. So it's all good. No, because my boyfriend and I were ar- not arguing, but I was like, did he say he, he he learned them all at this like last night? Like he learned them all for this show. And I was yep. like, I don't know. I'm going to ask him when we record this podcast because it's been a debate in our household. So thank you for clarifying. Yeah, of course. Questions I feel I'm a huge concert fiend. I mean, I've been to stupid amount. I'm sure you have me passed too. Mm-hmm. But do you ever get nervous or because I've never been on the opposite side? I never will be. I have no musical talent at all. Turn up my volume on my radio so I cannot hear myself sing. I'm so bad. But <laughs> do you ever still get nervous or what is it kind of like being on the opposite side of the crowd? Um. Yeah, I mean, I have always been nervous. I think I'll continue to get nervous every time. I have horrible anxiety, horrible, horrible anxiety. <laughs> so it's uh, one of those things that, you know, a, a couple hits of something or a few shots will kind of just loosen me up a little bit. It's always the worst until you're in the middle of it where it's kind of just I start to relax. Yes, you're in the groove. Feeling good. Yeah. Okay. Talking about Ardmore, talk to us on what do you have going on? What kind of music you are? Well, to start with, the easiest question, I guess, is right now I've kind of been writing, um, been focused on my my regular nine to five. And so I've just been taking some time to write some new tunes because it was 2020 when we put that EP out. So it's been a few years. But yeah, as far as where we're going, I don't know. It's just whatever makes sense and what comes naturally, I suppose. Um, I don't like forcing things. I don't like making connections or opportunities happen that don't feel right for sure so whatever makes sense but yeah as far as kind of music we are i don't know (laughs) genuinely it's whatever this ep was kind of pop punky i have some stuff that's coming hopefully maybe that's like that we have some stuff that's like kind of more hardcore um some stuff that's a little like thrash metal so it's one of those things where it's like whatever we want to put out we will Whatever the vibe is. Yeah, it's we could just put out different EPs of different styles of music or all the songs are different. All, you know, it who knows? OK, that's exciting. And I feel like that makes you a really great band and artist because you never know what you're getting next. You know, sure. when you have albums, when you're developing music. And again, I have no musical talent, but it's so much better than, oh, look, I'm listening to another set of 10 songs that were just like the same album I that four years ago. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about your day job, too, because I want to talk about that. Okay. How do you balance the two? Because you're doing talk to us about your day job. And then do you ever sleep or you sleep when you're dead? Like, <laughs> how do we balance the two? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier now with this current job that I have than in the past. I was in the restaurant business for a really oh, long time. Yes. Um, I was a cook. So it was a lot of really long days, uh, late nights. Uh, weekends, holidays, stuff like that. The stuff that you don't want to do, but you have to do mm-hmm. it. And people can, you know, feel bad for you that you're there, even though they're there, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I, I show up, work my eight plus hours, whatever I feel like, and then come home, um, say hi to my daughter, which is our, uh, my cat. <laughs> and uh, what's your cat's name? Uh, Genevieve. <gasps> Genevieve. Oh, sweet baby yeah. angel. Okay. Yeah, she's sleeping right now. I don't even know if she knows I left the bed <laughs> earlier. So, Sweet Genevieve. Um, 
yeah she's she's old as shit it's fine she's whatever <laughs> um but yeah it's just dinner and tv with the girlfriend and then whenever it's the spark of creativity i know a lot of people try to force themselves to write I, shit comes out when i do that i've been rewriting these songs that are you know i'm working on now for four years longer and it's just one of those things where it's like it's whenever it comes and inspiration hits is when I'll rewrite everything, feel it. And then I look back like six months later and I'm like, this is so bad. Let's <laughs> rewrite it again. But yeah, that's kind of how I balance it. And when things come up in opportunities, I have to kind of organize it with my other musicians because they're also in other bands. I always wonder, too, because how I think and how I come up with creativity I can't sit down and just like force it out or anything. And especially, mm -hmm. I mean, yes, my day job is not as fun as writing music, but writing resumes and doing all that. Like I have sure. to be in the mood or, hey, I've been feeling great like now and I'll probably stay mm -hmm. up till 10 o'clock and get shit done. But last night I was like, absolutely not. I always wondered when bands were like, oh, yeah, I locked myself away and we just recorded this whole album. Like I'm a huge Dave Grohl fan and like his audiobook, he's like, yeah, we just like sat down and wrote in your honor in a weekend. I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, no, I yeah. couldn't do that. So I'm glad we're right here with that. Now, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this without sounding like an idiot. Or sound like an idiot. It's fine. I sound like an idiot all the time. Oh, sometimes. Okay. I'm just like, why? You know, <laughs> it happens. Or the things that spew out of my mouth. I'm like, do you really just say that? Do you really say that, Angela? But okay, we'll ask you this. Favorite show you've ever played and worst one and why? Oh, man, I played a lot of bad shows. Um, <laughs> okay, we can start with that, too. <laughs> no, I mean, it's I don't like to. I For a really long time, I never tried to speak negatively about things. Mm -hmm. Back with like the uh, Christian band, we've played in cornfields. Oh, uh, in the middle of nowhere. We played this sh show. I don't even know if the venue's still there. It's kind of like a safe haven. Okay. At the time it was. I don't know now. It was in... Mount Juliet, Tennessee, just oh. outside Nashville. Okay. And we played for other people in the bands. And there was two other bands that we played for like six to seven people. And it was great. It was whatever. We didn't get paid. Luckily, it was a through to another show that was paying. But yeah, stuff like that. Cornfields, middle of nowhere, playing to nobody. The typical every band does it kind of thing. So um, best show I ever played. There's a couple for different reasons. Uh, we played this uh, festival called the Big Ticket Festival. Not necessarily any specific denomination, but a big Christian festival. We uh, had played a few years and we had won a spot on the main stage. Wow. I mean, it was 4 p.m. on a Friday, but there was still like a few thousand people there. So like playing on like, you know, the big stage with the catwalk and all the, you know, big lights and everything was super, super cool. And then... My old band, uh, Beta Camp, we played the Loving Touch in Ferndale. Oh, I love that venue. For, I think it was our album release. The only album we put out, but it was our album release and we sold it out. And it was probably like the coolest thing being able to say like, hey, we sold this out. Where I've seen bands like Lagwagon and stuff like that play there. So in Tiny Moving Parts, it's super cool to be able to play that kind of stuff where like bands that you love play so that's i just i don't know why i didn't know it existed we just saw a red jumpsuit apparatus there and uh 
like a few months ago and a Facebook ad got me and it's like tonight I'm like I want to go sixth grade Angela I still have there I have every CD like I am a fiend of them so and it was so cool it's the coolest venue I totally love good vibes good things yeah. that's impressive you freaking sold that out though because yeah, yeah. it's deep like you fit a lot of people in that venue so yeah, Damn. Yeah. nice okay what's currently what you're listening to and it's such a loaded question to ask you your top five favorite artists but I'm gonna ask it anyways I could probably give you top five, but what I'm listening to now, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. Just being at work, it helps the day go by. Yes. So it's a lot of comedy podcasts, uh, paranormal, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I actually listen to uh, this podcast called Pretending to Be People, and they play Delta Green, which is kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. And they like role play it, and it's pretty funny. It's super intense. And uh it's the nerdiest shit that I think I'm into. Yeah, a lot of stuff like that. Um, a lot of my friends have been kind of mellowing out with what they listen to music wise, but I think it's mine is only getting more intense, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's good for my brain. Yes. Um, a lot of like Kublai Khan, Texas or Terror, these hardcore bands, Comeback Kid and then uh, Alkaline Trio and stuff like that. So a lot of punk hardcore is what I'm listening to. Occasional country, but I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a country gal either. But you, I mean, you grew up with it. The country was sure. banned from my household. So I feel like that's embedded in you. Yeah, and this isn't that like pop country bullshit or that like no. proud to be an American like country bullshit. It's like Tyler Childers or um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, the guy, he's got a really deep voice. Oh, I'm kicking myself and my sister's probably going to yell at me for this. <laughs> When you remember, we'll just have to record it and yeah, have John throw sure. it in there. For sure. <laughs> so your sister doesn't beat you. you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, that's about it. Only the good stuff. As we wrap this up, because this has been so cool. Do you have any shows coming up? Do you have anything we can look forward to? Or if people want to follow along, what platforms are you on? How can we listen? All the things. Nothing show wise yet. I'm just working on okay. music. Um, hopefully, maybe by the end of the year. Hopefully. Um, another EP or so, maybe a couple songs. It's a long time coming for those. So I'm really excited and eager to get that out. But yeah, if you just go on Facebook at We Are Ardmore or Instagram at uh, Ardmore MI, pretty much where you'll find us. Um, we don't post a lot, which is your biggest pet peeve with me is because i don't post anything ever but uh oh my god i remember i totally <laughs> i totally yelled at you for that yeah, now, now it's coming back <laughs> yeah it's okay it's fine i should probably tell the story of how i walked yeah. up to you yeah, yeah, yeah nick goes on self-deprecating humor you know if you've been listening to this podcast you know that is my jam and i am cracking up i think you did an angels and airwaves blink 182 was it blink 182 yes. okay we saw like so many bands that weekend but i was like who did the cover of it phenomenal so freaking good and i go to dan and i'm like i need him on my (laughs) podcast and every time i tried to find you i was like oh talking to someone i don't want to be rude and then i finally saw you and i'm like you and i make contact with you and you're like oh god what did i do what happened and i may have been a few drinks in i don't know or had been drinking for the past five hours i don't know and I did. I did bully you about posting because yeah. you are, You guys are so freaking good. Like I thank you. It's very rarely do you find an opening band that's actually like worth the time or just like, you know, there. But way better. I mean, 
I probably shouldn't say this on this podcast, but you were better than the other one. So that's fine. I'll say it too. Just say I'll say it. You were facts. Yeah. We all agreed. Our whole group agreed. So yeah. whatever is what it is. Die on that hill right now. But it's so interesting and the opportunities. And I love that you told the story and you had the Hungarian flag, which my boyfriend's Hungarian. And I know you guys talked about that. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I think he's Hungarian. Look, he's got the flag. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Let's you talk to him about it. I'm not going to go ask him. So I already bullied him enough here. And I apologize for my way I approached you. But hey, you may, you came on. I didn't scare you too bad, right? No, I mean, it's not. <laughs> a, it wasn't as bad as the uh, visibly drunk woman I made fun of on stage. So she was bad. Yeah, she was very bad. And that was that was early in the night. Yeah, 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 that was eight o'clock. So that was cool. And I think we chatted at like what ten? It was later. Yeah, it was so way later. I had I had some time. Yeah, yeah I had yeah, some yeah. time. Me too. But it's okay. So last question I have for you: What advice do you have for listeners? Ah, shit. Um, (laughs) There's no right answer to it. Whatever you're feeling. You'd say that. Um, Ultimately, no matter what you do or what you want to do, go for it. I have been lucky enough. I've been kind of gradually pushed into like what I want to do. Um, Some people are really fucking scared or anxious to just make the jump and i say if there's ever something you want to learn to do or have been willing to learn to do go do it don't be afraid of failure i have failed thousands and thousands and thousands of times before i got to where i am which is still nowhere but that's fine we'll get to that we're all figuring it out it comes down to just do it who cares who cares what you are worried about there's something out there for everybody there is and you're still gonna fail nothing's perfect i mean i could tell lots of those stories and with my prematurely gray hair and wrinkles yeah nick this was so much fun i'm so happy i didn't scare you away and you agreed to be on the podcast and those of you listening you want to check nick out head to the show notes for his social media and tune in again next week for another episode of that's business If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.